For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam are going to be getting with you guys a little bit later on this week. But even that's going to be a curveball because those two, unlike the Chiefs, are going to the Super Bowl. Sterling, how you doing in just the wake of, uh, are you going to watch the Super Bowl? What are you thinking about the Super Bowl? I mean, like, just let me test your emotions because your hair is looking like it has emotions of its own today. I just want to know kind of how you're doing. Dude, I'm drinking a beer. I'm doing fantastic, but I'm still going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm completely bummed out, but I am rooting hard for the Rams. Oh, so you're not sticking with, hey, Burrow's a great story and from the AFC and, and all sure. that stuff. No, no, no. I like the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. But Eli Apple has been an absolute chotch the entire post them beating Kansas City. So it's basically just to spite Eli Apple. Um, nothing against Joe Burrow. Nothing <laughs> against the Bengals. I feel bad for the Bengals. They've been like the little brother in Ohio for so long, even though they've had more successful seasons than Cleveland. But Eli Apple, come on, can't swing it. What's going on with the Bengals? Because even when they were only mediocre, they had a linebacker, Vontaze Perfect, right? Who would just make you hate the whole team because he was like just a despicable person and player. And then now, now that they're winning, it's like, oh, we don't have perfect anymore. We need another heel of a defender to like work the crowd and make everyone hate us. Like what? Like, do you think there's some kind of Cincinnati quota on on the defensive side there? Yeah, got to have one guy who's a complete asshole. That's the quota. It's got to be one <laughs> asshole. And that's that's who it is. I, no, I, I get it. It's not going to be this Super Bowl. I don't think that everyone's excited for, but at least... It gives us a chance. One year we got to watch commercials. One year I got to actually watch and see what happens. There you go. When the Chiefs play, I'm like, no, bleep every single commercial. Halftime show, get your ass out of there. I don't care about that. At least now I can sit back, drink some beers, and kind of relax. What are you drinking? What are you drinking right now? Casey Birko, the Hefeweizen. Ugh. The Hefeweizen, yeah. Hefeweizen. That, that sounds like German for heaven. Is it? Does it taste like it? It tastes like heaven. It's like a. Is that the cure? The cure. Just like heaven. It's like, just like this heaven. is also the cure. Just like heaven vison, heaven, heaven vison. Anyway. Yeah, when- why didn't Robert Smith sing a song about that? <laughs> right. 
Hey, we're talking about KC Beer because we love having them as our sponsor. Imported flavor, local freshness. Uh, look, we love it because it's brewed according to the German purity laws of 1516. I'm not sure how old Patrick was then, but he was a little kid at least, using only four ingredients, malt, hops, water, and yeast. They've won both local and international awards for their work. Everyone swears by it. Even my hat feels cozy in their work. Love them, support them, give them a shout. If you see them uh, or or out on social media, try them out. We promise you're going to love their product. Even if they weren't sponsoring the show, we love their product. Sterling, anything to add about what you're drinking or, or experiencing there? It's delicious, man. It's just straight up fantastic. Again, I was drinking KC beer before it was sponsored by them. So then when we got sponsored, you can ask Patrick Allen. I was bleeping stoked. I, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I get free beer and I'm already doing it anyways. It's fantastic. Well, there, uh, you know, obviously we love to talk about beer, but we want to talk about the Chiefs. That's why we're all here. We're While we're still sort of licking our wounds and, and uh, you know, nursing these concerns, one of the things I do want to talk about is Eric Bieniemy. It's been the subject du jour. Uh, if this were a game of musical chairs, right? Everyone's like walking around the circle. The music has stopped four consecutive years now. Um, Eric Bieniemy has 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 interviewed with about one half of all NFL teams. It's like sometime in the last four years. The New York Jets interviewed him and then chose Adam Gase, then interviewed him again and then went with Robert Sally. Right. So we're talking about even some franchises have like looked over him two times now. There's a little bit of some curiosity in some reports here that his contract is up. And so like one report from Field Yates says he's coming back for a fifth year as the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Another one says, hey, his time is up and kind of sort of maybe like what's up there. So like, let me just ask you, first of all, like now that all moves are official for head coaches, like what is your take on a fourth year without the enemy getting a gig? It almost feels like there has to be something we're missing, right? It feels like there has to be something that we're missing because he seems qualified. If you want to say he's not calling the plays, even though Andy Reid says so, well, the dude for Green Bay, he wasn't calling the plays, and they were pretty adamant. Nathaniel Hackett, again, not nothing against Hackett. I think he's going to be a fine head coach. But it it just feels like there's a lot of ways you can take it. uh, Saying that he doesn't interview well, well, then why would the Jets interview him again? Why would they interview him for eight, nine plus hours? He wouldn't be getting that many interviews if he was that poor of an interviewer. I don't know what's going on. Either Is it a case that he can't clearly state what his goal is for the franchise? Is it that he – it's all speculation, right? We're not in those interviews. We're, we're not sitting down with Eric B. I mean, we're not with the Saints. We're not with the, you know, the, the, the Jets multiple times. <laughs> I, End of the day, we don't know. I like Eric Bieniemy. He has the resume that for sure seems to stack up to anyone else. The one that's questionable that always gets brought up is his past and what some of his, you know, some of his off the field issues were. But if teams were that concerned, I don't think they would even interview him in the first place. If teams were that concerned what he did 30 years ago, why even bring him in? End of the day, I don't think we'll ever know. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if, if his past was ever going to come back to haunt him, why would he be next to Andy Reid for the last eight, nine years? Yeah. Right? Like, like that makes no sense. I, here, here's what I don't like about it. What I don't like is that we are projecting. I don't mean we as in like you and I. I just mean that a lot of people resort to projecting bad things about the enemy yeah. because he's not getting the job. When a guy like Brian Flores is saying, hey, look, there's something systemically wrong with this whole picture. And what ends up happening is we end up going, hey, maybe the guy sucks at interviewing. And it's like, what well, have you ever seen it? Like, then you have to defend him. We just start saying bad things that we have no proof about rather than like rather than putting the like the, the negative projections on the franchise. We end up going, well, maybe all the franchises are are wrong. But most of these franchises end up recycling the same guys anyway. Like Dennis Allen won like eight games in three years with the Raiders. <laughs> And he's back again. I mean, like maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. But you just see some of these guys just get like taken through the laundry, and a couple years later resurfacing again. And it's it just it's so silly to me. I don't know what. Like, what do you think of that? Yeah, it, it seems silly, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna have billionaires and force billionaires to hire someone that we want or someone that they're told to hire. When you're a billionaire, you're gonna do what you want end of the day that's how it goes down they'll tell the gm who they want they'll go out and get them dennis allen i guess to an extent i can kind of understand he is solid for what he did with the saints for a long time right and it's kind of like maybe it's a one-year stop gap let sean payton take the year off dennis allen sorry pal you're gonna get bleeped on for a year then sean payton comes back i don't know but well they're saying payton to the cowboys perhaps well, after a year. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Here, here, here's my question then. If you're Eric Bieniemy, do you need to leave Kansas City to prove yourself in a less talented environment, a lateral move, if you will, um, in order to make this work? Or do you say, look, if even if I don't get a head coaching job, I've got a mate. I'm working with the best quarterback on the planet. I'm working with a Hall of Fame. So if I don't get a if I don't get a gig, what do I care? I'm still going to the Super Bowl, and all these loser franchises can go screw themselves. Dude, that one. I will take a couple mil, sit back, do a fantastic job, be one of the best in the world at what you do, and why wouldn't you? You're in a Hall of Fame offensive system. You have a Hall of Fame head coach with you. You're going to have a Hall of Famer at quarterback with a Hall of Fame wide receiver and tight end. If you're not going to get a premier job, and I said it from the get-go, like even if you were to take over the Jags or Houston, I'd be like, would you even want to take those head coaching jobs or would you want to stay in Kansas City? You have it made. I don't think he's getting fired anytime soon. I don't know why you would leave for a another OC job. It seems like a downgrade to me. Let me ask you this. I feel like some people in Kansas City and 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 you're right, like Cheeto Freak says, you know, if if uh, Josh McDaniels can get another shot, why has Bienemy not even got his first shot? We totally agree with that. Like See the same. We're just talking about that with Dennis Allen. You see that with some others. Uh, Sterling, some people feel like maybe getting someone new in here, even for the Chiefs, would be good. Like, are you of the opinion that maybe just shaking it up would be good based on what we saw in the second half of the playoff game in the in the AFC Championship? Um, or, or would you say, no, it's silly. Keep, of course we want Eric around. I think it's somewhat silly. I think we want Eric to be here because at the end of the day, that's – Eric B. Enemy quote right there, end of the day. 
Andy Reid is going to be the one who is going to have the final decision. And I think it was Andy Reid who second half wasn't running the football and who was continuously putting the ball in Mahomes' hands, even with him struggling. I don't think switching an OC is going to decide that. No OC is going to stand up to Andy Reid and say, no, Andy, I get it. You've won a Super Bowl. You're a Hall of Famer. I'm taking over the play calls. That's not happening, <laughs> right? What, what If anything has shown us that Andy Reid is not going to run the ball, just look at the past 30, however many years he's been a head coach, right? Right, right. So I, Eric Bieniemy and this offense has been incredible with, with him on this coaching staff. I don't think a shakeup for the shake of shaking it up makes sense, especially if Mike Kafka is going to the Giants. Yeah. Uh, Kafka is already with the Giants. And I think I just heard you say, for the shake of shaking it up. Is that what you said? For the sake of of shaking it. I don't know, man. Come on. I like it. I like it. Folks, for the shake of shaking <laughs> it up. Um, by the way, it's nice to see Patrick Allen hanging out in the chat, our friend. Um, if he wants to put a video camera on, he's welcome to join us, but I think he's just kicking back in the chat. Um, Sterling, also, we're noticing in the comments, the people want to know. They want to know about your hair gel and your mustache and kind of what's going on. I want to give you a quick chance to just explain for all the people out there, like, do you just want to give a lowdown on what exactly is going on and what to expect in the future? I think uh, USAF Chiefs fan was correct. They were all sold out of my hair gel. <laughs> Not even kidding. Should be back actually uh, this this afternoon. Should, should get it back this afternoon. But yeah, it's flat. I look like a villain. You know, like in those bad 2000s high school movies, you know, where it's like, hey, dude, hey, chicks, let's go crush some beers. You know, like like those horrible movies. I look like like the villain in it with the quilted sweater with the collared shirt. <laughs> hey, I wanna, we want to talk about uh, we want to talk about Mike Kafka just real fast because quarterbacks coach uh, is now an opening on the Chiefs roster. Do you like any sort of outsider? It's been fun to kind of project here and say like, what if Alex Smith could come back on board? Some people even were throwing out like Mike Vick. Like, what would that even be like? And would that be too crazy with his history? And and would that be bad PR, whatever? That's an interesting room because you're bringing in someone to work with Mahomes, who's your best pupil there. Do you just elevate, like, the latest quality control coach from within? Or do you like the idea that there's, like, like, like would you like to bring in, like, a familiar name and a, and a face like that? I just say as Patrick. As Patrick, end of the day, I, I don't really care who the QB coach is necessarily. Uh, I think Mike Kafka did do a good job because Mike Kafka was here the entire tenure of Mahomes. We saw him progress. Ask him. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's Michael Vick, if it's Alex Smith, if Mahomes thinks that's who's going to help get the best out of his talents, th then go with that guy. But we don't know what all goes into being a quarterback's coach in the NFL. Are they the guy who is putting him in the best position to succeed? Is he just a name? Like, how, how much was Kafka actually putting his hands on Mahomes? How much progress from Mahomes' game was Kafka? How much was enemy? How much was Andy Reid? How much was just his own work ethic? A ask Mahomes, because he, he, he would know. We won't get that chance, but if we could, that's who I would ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting to me that we could lose. In what, like, Because if you think about Mahomes, you know, he's still young. He's 26. And I was thinking it's possible in one offseason for us to lose Chad Henney and lose that veteran quarterback mentor, to lose uh, Mike Kafka, uh, you know, your quarterback's coach. And if we lose Eric Bieniemy as well, 
suddenly there's like a lot of familiar voices who know Mahomes, have coached with him, could be suddenly like away from the room, and you begin to wonder, you know, like like what the va- like the vacuum of leadership there is. So it made me excited that that maybe you know the idea of Alex coming back in as a known quantity or something. I mean, yeah, that feels far fetched. We're just grabbing the name that we know, but yeah, but. Yeah, you know, it's nothing that I'm worried about, and yet, like, these things do affect things. In terms of overall, we're talking about coaching changes, defensive coach. Someone said Jackson Mahomes should be the quarterback's coach. Maybe it could be. It's a matter of time. TikTok. TikTok coach. <laughs> Let me ask you this. what If you could have any coaching change at all to the Chiefs, if you could grab anyone from anywhere doing anything at all and give them whatever role you would want to give them, who would be your coaching change for the 2022 season? I mean, Belichick as DC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, if I could just do that, that's who I'm going with. <laughs> nice, nice. nice. Uh, yeah. would, so it would be someone on the defensive side. Yes, it would be on. It'd be someone defensively. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I love Dave Tobe uh, offensively. I still think Andy Reid, for the most part, is he's the he's the guy. Like I said earlier on the show, I don't care who you put at OC. You could put Shanahan, who loves running the damn ball. In that situation, the second half, Andy Reid's going to flip him off, eat a burger, and say, "No, we're going with Mahomes. We're gonna <laughs> we're going through the air." You know that uh, the the longtime uh, Wink Martindale is the longtime really? Ravens defensive coach, and he's just out there. And I'm just thinking, man, I'd love just like bring him in as an advisor or some sort of uh, another voice in the room. You know, like for a while we had like Brad Childress on staff as like just a senior offensive advisor or whatever. I think it'd just be fun to like bring in a guy like that. The Ravens, how many years were the Ravens known for their fierce pass rush, you know, being able to get after the quarterback, these stout defenses that carried them to so much success over the years. Then again, someone in the chat just said, Week Martindale went to the Giants today as defensive coordinator. Yeah, he went a few hours ago. Oh, well then, thanks for bursting my bubble, my uninformed bubble, everyone. No, (laughs) anyway. Actually, that makes me glad. Thanks, Lucas. I know, Lucas. (laughs) Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Hey, we're going to move on in just a second, but just want to give you guys a shout out. If you have not already subscribed to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, just want to make sure that you do that. We got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, Patrick and Maddie V talked to Gracie Hunt earlier um, about her work with the Special Olympics, about some things behind the the scenes with the Chiefs. Um, That interview will be available for members only as soon as this stream ends tonight. Everyone else won't get it for another 24 hours. Also, Sterling and I are going to be chatting with Clyde Edwards-Elair later this week, and you'll have instant access to that, um, while others will have to wait for that until Friday night. So we're trying to find ways to reward members. Membership gets you an invitation into the Arrowhead Attic Discord channel, where you can chat with all of us. You get exclusive emojis, sub badges to show off your AA pride in the live stream chat, and then you get exclusive access to things like that. We're talking about getting... Maybe doing some video happy hours, hanging out. Maybe Sterling will share his hair gel with you when he gets that in. Uh, maybe we'll even clank together some uh, beer bottles, do an in-person thing. We're not quite sure. We're trying to figure out ways to make to provide great value to you as we love our community. We love our supporters. Sterling, anything to say to uh, to those who are hanging out, listening, and, and being a part of things? 
It's a lot of fun. I was in the Discord last night. We were up pretty late. I we were just shooting the shit. It was a lot of fun. We were talking about random stuff. We were talking about what happens if Tyron Matthews gone. And I said, well, what about Legereus need to safety? We'll we'll talk about that more as the offseason progresses. And I we were talking about what would DJ Reed do as he's a free agent. He's a cornerback, went to K-State. There's a lot of fun camaraderie, I would say, in we also found out there's a doctor. There's a doctor in our Discord. So one out of one doctors agree Arrowhead Addict is badass. Yeah. Love it. We found that out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's uh well um all the information will be there in the chat if you want. Want to get back here because let's talk about some of the bigger decisions that we need to talk about here. Orlando Brown Jr. <laughs> As you crack open a second one. Sterling, I'd love to I'd love to hear your opinions on Orlando Brown Jr. And so the deadline coming up here for NFL teams is March the 8th. That's one month from today. Teams have the next month to figure out whether or not they're going to attach the franchise or a transition tag onto their on any of their players. So this means if things get a little bit hairy in negotiations, um, instead of Orlando Brown hitting free agency, instead of Tyron Matthew hitting free agency, you know, you apply the franchise tag. The, the Chiefs have done this many times, D Ford, Justin Houston, and so on. Do you think that this is a possibility for Orlando Brown? Um, do you think they're going to get a deal worked out before free agency starts? Because now we're talking about sometime in the next month, either getting him locked up, or do you think they, they keep him on like on another one year lease to see how he's doing? Like what's your, what's your gut feeling there? I feel like it's going to be an extension, right? I feel like that's the most likely scenario. You didn't give up the draft capital to bring him in to franchise tag him for just one more season. I don't know what his market would be on the open market. I do believe that a lot of teams realistically think of him as still a right tackle. Like at right tackle, Orlando Brown Jr. is would be a top free agent, right? But at left tackle, where does he slot in? The Chiefs didn't trade for him just for one season. They traded for him for the future as well. I don't think Orlando Brown Jr. has quite hit his peak. Like, we saw him early on in the season. He struggled a bit. He Mm -hmm. came from a run-centric offense. He went from Lamar Jackson at quarterback to having to realize this is a pass-first offense. Patrick drifts back relatively far. He's drifting back way farther than Lamar Jackson ever was, right? But as the season progressed, we saw Brown. He he improved. Now, will he be a top three left tackle in the NFL? Maybe not. The Chiefs might have to pay him like that. He's not going to get, in my opinion, Trent Brown money. But they're going to get a deal done. I firmly believe we'll see Orlando Brown Jr. here in Kansas City for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Do you feel good about giving him big tackle money like that? It makes that left side of the line along with, you know, Tooney's at five years, $85 million. Uh, you know, tackles make exponentially even more than that. Would you personally like to see them franchise him for another year and then extend him? Or do you feel like that could be some bad blood and let's just get it done now? I'm personally a fan of let's get it done now. Because just say Brown has, and you can play both sides, but just to say Brown breaks out and is phenomenal. Well, at his age, when he hits that market, he's going to command a massive amount of money. It's going to be ridiculous. But if you get him now, you might get a little bit of a discount. Not saying some crazy discount, but even if it's two, three million a year, you might get that. And 
I just have a feeling that you want this offensive line to build together. You want to see Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Orlando Brown Jr., hopefully Lucas Niang, and then you want Joe Tooney there for the next, what, four or five-plus years. Get it done. Veach will find a way to get it done. I trust that. Yeah. You have to like the fact that you can go expensive on the left side of the line because from center to the right side is like as cheap as possible, right? Like Trey Smith is going to be making sixth round rookie contract money. Like he's going to start four years worth of games for pennies on the dollar. Uh, Same thing with Creed Humphrey, even as a second round pick, those guys are going to be making like very little for what they're providing for the franchise. That brings me to the other side. And I want to ask you this, Lucas Niang, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he looks solid as a rookie. Like he'd been off. Remember he'd, he'd taken off a whole year. So like, you got the rust of being off for like two years, basically. He comes back and then, but he's also injured for a couple stents. So even as he's like trying to work his way into pro form, learning this new line, learning a new offense, like, I mean, the, the learning curve was so steep. But then you have multiple stents in which he's injured for like a long stretch. Like it wasn't like, oh, a hamstring, he's off for a game and he's back again. Like he was missing for like longer stretches at multiple times. Are you content going into? the 22 season with Niang slotted in as, as your starter at right tackle, or do you feel like that's a little bit too shaky to depend on a guy like that? And they need to get another starting caliber right tackle. And if Niang can beat him out, then that's good. Like, like because there's so many other places to invest, this feels like that one that maybe you could try to, to hedge it because you want to attend to other things. Yeah, Niang would be my starter. He would automatically slot in as my starting right tackle. But again, with the caveat of a veteran right tackle, whether that's Mike Rimmers, whether that's Andrew Wiley, who was, I think, very, very serviceable, above average, filling in for Niang. As much as I like Niang, you do have to take into account the injury history. Maybe this is just a couple of fluke things that happened, a couple of fluke injuries this year. He's going to be 100% next year, and he's going to be an absolute Iron Man. Are you going to put all your eggs in that basket? I, I, I'm not going to spend decent or big money on a right tackle, but if you can get a Rimmers or Andrew Wiley, I don't think they're going to cost an arm and a leg by any means to be your backup, your emergency. I'm 100% fine with that. The Chiefs had so much depth on the offensive line this year. That's why they were so good. Even when guys went out, even when guys got hurt, they were still able to weather the storm because they had that depth. Veach did a great job. Yeah. So you'd be okay going back with Niang and, and Wiley and calling that the competition at right tackle? 100%. And uh, I saw a question, did Mitchell Swartz ever actually retire? No, I don't believe he ever did. He actually answered a question on Twitter, I want to say a couple of days ago, and he said he's actually not 100% healthy still. That's part of it. So. Jeez, jeez. You know, one of those things that you see when those back injuries, they just last for so long. I mean, like the moment you see someone is dealing with a back injury for even like a short stretch of time, it just makes you worried. Like, are we going to like continue to see this, especially for those bigger guys along the line where it's just so tough in the trenches? You know, certainly feel for Mitch there. I I guess we're not seeing him uh, back, even if he hasn't officially retired. Hey, want to move on here. Because uh, we're talking about the uh, we're talking about the franchise tag, we're talking about the transition tag, and and the deadline coming up in a month. If we're not going to use that, if you say no, 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 we're going to get an extension worked out in the next month with Orlando Brown, then what that does is that frees you to then tag someone like Tyron to keep him for another year. Is that even like 
a potential approach for the Chiefs. And let me paint this picture. If you got a guy who's like 30 years old, right? You got a, you got a guy who's entering the sort of f- what you assume are the final few years of his career. Do you really want to sign a guy like that to long term? Or does the franchise tag give you a way of saying, no, we want him back. Um, it may cost us a little bit more, but we don't have to like put that deal on the bricks. Or, or, or would you say like, or would you say no way, lock that guy up and, and not, not even thinking about it? Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say you're not franchising tag or you're not going to franchise tag Tyron Matthew. It's nearly 24 million. It's 23.63 million to franchise tag him for one year. That's you're like gonna Frank get... Clark space. Frank Clark is looking over going, what are you doing up here? What's going on? What's... <laughs> you got Uzi in that front seat. What's going on here? What's yeah. On? It just financially, fiscally, it does not make any sense. In theory, you're like, Oh hell yeah. One more year of Tyron Matthew with his age. You'll buy in. You just can't do it. Fiscally, that's just, you're not going to sink that much money. And you can't, not like you can extend that bad boy out. It is what it is at that point. Sunk, sunk cost. One of my favorite sayings, obviously. I know. I knew you were getting ready to say something. So, no, you can't. It's either an extension or you're moving on. There's no in between in my book. What is your call there? It depends what the number is. I know, I know Tyron Matthew does not want to hear that. I know Tyron Matthew is going to want to say, I'm the I'm the best safety. Give me the most amount of money in the NFL. Justin Simmons ain't ain't bleep. You know, if you say anything, he's gonna he's gonna start tweeting at me. But I love Tyron Matthew. What he does doesn't always show up in the stats. I know people are saying, well, he was down this year, and I agree. I think some of the the biggest example was his tackling. I, I don't think he was as as aggressive when it came to getting guys down. And maybe it was a contract year. He didn't want to get hurt going into signing a contract. I wouldn't blame the guy. I understand that scenario. Earl Thomas had a, a similar scenario, and Earl Thomas is out of the NFL. He also had some other issues. He was a horrible teammate, according to uh, other guys. But <laughs> I understand the argument of not wanting to get hurt in a contract year. I also would feel relatively comfortable with the idea of Legereus Sneed moving to safety. I talked about in the Arrowhead Attic Discord, Legereus Sneed played safety in college. I trust Kansas City's ability to find a cornerback without spending a lot of capital rather than trying to find another safety. You would save a lot of money moving Legereus Sneed to safety, even bring in DJ Reed from Seattle. You re-sign Chavarius Ward, and right there, you're already spending less than you would on Tyron Matthew. I, that's just probably what I would go on the on the financially speaking side of things. But again, we saw how the defense performed without Tyron. It wasn't just what he did stat wise; it was how he got guys lined up. It's what he did. Uh, they always say he's, according to Spags, he's a secondary defensive coordinator. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. I um I hope that we can take him at his word. Um, it wasn't too long ago on Twitter, someone even said that he was going to want the big money and price himself maybe out of something. And he responded, he, like the guy didn't even add him, but you know, of course, like he he he, oh, he like, finds he, it. He finds. I'm surprised he's called in. I'm surprised he's called in and like the Chris Jones situation. Call in here and try and join right. this podcast right now. I think he's going to come through the door behind me and just like walk up and like start shouting <laughs> in my camera, right? But but I think but I think um what he ended up saying was like that's not true. That he was like he was actually like pushing back against this idea that that he was just going to be out for like all the money he can and and to ruin the Chiefs cap space, whatever. At the same time, that man knows his value and he knows his market and he knows what he's meant to this team and what he will mean going forward. I think it's a simple call. I I would have that guy locked up and and 
and I'd give him what he wants, period. But I also understand the other side of the argument. Here's the slippery slope that I think. I think Charverius Ward is going to be a lot more expensive than people are realizing on the open market. So I'm not convinced that we can just bring back Ward as easily as what people are thinking. I'll cry. I'll cry. I'll I'll straight up be bawling. If Charverius Ward's not in Kansas City, give me some Kleenexes. That dude had a killer year. He continues to get better and better, and he's 25. Mm. I think he's going to break the. I just think he's going to break the bank. That's what I think. There's a lot of money out there to spend for a lot of desperate teams who are just looking to move the meter in some way. And uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I know. I keep going back and forth in that scenario because I was. I, I want to say I was the first on the Chavarius Ward train. If you ever listen to my radio show, I after the Seattle game when he got burnt, I said, "Take a look out, Chavarius Ward is going to be big for Kansas City." He was. He's always in the right place. He's not flashy, but he does the dirty work. He's the anti Marcus Peters, right? <laughs> he was the <laughs> Marcus Peters. Was like I'm gonna make the big play, but if you're coming at me, I'm I'm making a business decision. Chavarius Ward's the opposite. He's always in your hip pocket. And he's always making, I think, the right play. He's yeah. not afraid to put his body on the line, and he's been healthy. He's a slightly bigger body cornerback. I mean, he's, what, six foot, maybe six one, which for a cornerback, pretty big. But it, it comes down to if you can keep Chavarius Ward and bring on another cornerback, do you do that if you're moving Legereus to safety? Or do you try and keep Tyron Matthew, extend him, and you're pretty much sinking all your money in that boat? Man, I, I mean, that's a real tough call to me. I think I would lean Matthew for his leadership and, and excellence. And and I just think Ward's contract is going to be outrageous. But at the same time, safety seems like the easier position to bring in a rookie who is a very experienced to like play like like it's easier to take a great college safety and make him a pro than to me to, to grab a great pro college corner and make him a great pro. Right. Eric Berry. Right. I mean, again, maybe he's transcendent. So let's take him out. How good was Juan Thornhill? I mean, even Thornhill, in his first right? season. Yeah. Right. Thornhill was incredible. Now look at uh, who's the guy from Ohio State who's, who went to Detroit. Like Jeff Okuda or whatever. Jeff right? Okuda. Like, I know he got hurt. Think about the guy that went to J- was Jacksonville. C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson. He's on the second team. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on the, in that aspect. Yeah, I'm with you. So there's a part of me that wonders if you got to make the choice. And if you just invest a first, second round pick, remember, we're going to have two thirds this year. I mean, you could probably package those two and get mid second and walk away with three top 50 picks in this draft if that's what they want to do. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I, um, yeah, it could be. It could be. Speaking of uh, roster moves, there's been a little bit of chatter and then a lot of pushback. I got to know where you stand because somebody's been back in Chiefs Kingdom talking on Twitter I'm talking about Samuel L. Jackson Watkins, Lizard King, King the Man. Look, the idea being floated here of re-signing Sammy, and like, is this just laughable? What like, or or is this like, is there something to it? What do you like? What do you make of this? If it's laughable, I'm going to that comedy club because I would love Sammy Watkins back in KC. <laughs> I, dude, I, I don't know what it is about Sammy. I don't, I don't, I get the injury concerns. I understand he's a different dude. He's a little out there. You had to account for him. It wasn't just a, oh, Sammy's out there. We can just go on Travis and Tyreek. As good as McColl was late season, as solid as Byron Pringle was. Y'all think that they're inspiring that fear in defenses that Sammy was? Yeah, I, 
I mean, I, I, I get it. And I mean, what's interesting on Twitter, in, in case you didn't know, Sam, Sammy Watkins on Twitter seemed like open to the idea of coming back to KC, talking fondly about being in KC, talking up Eric Bieniemy and why he doesn't have a job. So there seems to be some real, at least like the bridges weren't burnt there, even though he went to Baltimore, right? If he's cheap, I get it. But doesn't that feel... Oh, he's going to be cheap. Come on. What do you think he's getting? Two year, 30 mil? Well, I mean... (laughs) It's going to be like one year, three. I mean, I think that's a gamble worth taking. But I also don't think you can't count on him as your answer to be the third. Like, I'm in on like him as a cheap flyer to compete for that old role that he was supposed to fill. But if, if that's the only import you're making at that position, are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm fine. If you're spending that much money on Patrick Mahomes, he's shown time and time again, he, he can make guys better. Aaron Rodgers had Devonte Adams in shit to work with and he made it work. <laughs> if you're supposed to be this phenomenal quarterback, which Mahomes is, he makes guys better. Like, do we think Cole Beasley is this superstar or does Josh Allen make him better? Is Gabriel Not taking a vaccination makes him better? <laughs> well, is Gabriel Davis the incarnation of Jerry Rice or did Josh Allen make him better? Quarterbacks make receivers look better. And I think Mahomes can make guys look better as much as I would like the whole, Oh, is Devontae Adams coming here? Is Allen Robinson coming here? Yeah. I'd be enthused. I'd be ecstatic, but that just seems like a lot of money, a lot of capital. And there's only one football. There's only one ball. You don't get extra possessions for having better talent offensively. Sammy Watkins, when he was in his offense, they were rolling. They were rolling. I know he's not the same guy, right? Lamar Jackson couldn't give him the ball though, outside of the numbers. Yeah, I, 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 I'm fine. And, and again, just really quickly is Mahomes and McColl started to get a better connection. Uh, Mahomes and Byron Pringle started getting a better connection. Once yeah. they start getting more comfortable with each other, they're going to look better. Was Marquez uh, Valdez Scantling or any of those dudes up in Green Bay, they just had to get comfortable with Rodgers. I think Mahomes gets comfortable with anyone who'll make him look good. If you're okay with Sammy as your primary option or like addition at the position, it sounds like you're against the idea of like a major investment at wide receiver this offseason. True or not true? Yes, that's that's very true. You don't spend a half a billion dollars on a quarterback to then have to force you to spend all this extra money on wide receivers. You spend half a billion on a quarterback so you can spend money elsewhere. But that's that's true. Huh? That's you spend all that money if you're going out and trying to throw out uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I uh, I'm not even sure how to respond to that because I feel because I'm up for a big import and yet you say that and I think yeah that's so true that's so true. I'm, you know I remember watching like I'm from Indiana I remember watching you know Peyton Manning up close for so long he would just like elevate the game of so many of those like secondary and and tertiary players around him. Um, who knows? I knew tertiary was coming. That's your go-to. I'm a sunk cost. You're I just tertiary. wanted to say. You know, I like my mom just said, use as many syllables as you can. So anyway, so there it is. Hey, um, want to do one thing before we wrap it up. I want to get your departing Super Bowl thoughts. But then I also want to read. We have one review from you guys out there. And this is from Cheeto Freak. Sterling, you want me to read this? I got it. I do want to, before we get into that, we're seeing yeah. some guys who who want Juju Smith-Schuster to Kansas City. They say one year, seven million. If you can get Juju for one year, seven million, I wouldn't be opposed. That's not a, a bad get. I, trust me, if that happened, you'll see me being as excited as anyone else. Even though he had an injury 
plagued year. He seemingly took a home count discount for that one year, 8 million last year. I know he was injury plagued, but he's still young enough that I think he's going to garner a slightly larger contract than that. I think he's going to look for at least a multi-year type situation. If they get Juju for one year, 7 mil, count me in as a guy who's extremely excited. I just wouldn't hold my breath on Kansas City being able to get him for that sort of contract. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to that review. I think it was Cheeto Freak. We love you, Cheeto Freak. You're always so nice, so kind. These guys love to talk football. I love to listen. My dad introduced me to them over a year ago now. I found my people. They talk about football in a down-to-earth way, which isn't to say that they don't have high-level discussions, but that the way they talk about things allows fans of any level to listen and get value out of a conversation. If you're looking for a fantastic show, this is it, Chief. As an off-season question, what is your single favorite barbecue dish? Well, I love ribs, brisket. My favorite is, I think he said barbecue quesadilla. It cut off. Oh, man. What's your like? What's your favorite? Burn-ins from Gates. There's no better sandwich ever than the burn-ins from Gates. Incredible. I need to try this. I like really need to try Let me say this. I live outside Kansas City. A few years ago, I even put this on Twitter somewhere, right? Let me preface this because this is important. Like uh, sometimes you hear big things about like a region's best food. You ever been to like, I go to Chicago. If you order Chicago pizza, when you get it, you realize it's not pizza. It's a casserole. It doesn't even count. Yeah, they're they're silly. They're silly. Yeah. Yeah. Get that shit out of here. The same thing can be said in a few other markets, right? Like I love, I love, but some things are also true. Austin, Texas tacos are legitimately like unlike tacos from another place. So everyone talking about like Kansas City barbecue, I was like, Really? Can it be like, because I've had barbecue in other places that are supposed to be like good barbecue, like Carolina barbecue, whatever. Right. So my brother, though, my brother is a professor at UMKC, moved there, gets married there, whatever. So I'd never had I'd never had KC barbecue ever. So sometime on Twitter, I even posted out. I was like, what's the big deal? I don't get it. And of course, everyone's like all over me. Like I just like urinated on their mothers. Like yeah, it was you did just though. like you did though. I did because I didn't know, right? And again, it's like if you go to Chicago, you get the pizzas, whatever. So I have no idea what I'm. Ta- I have no idea what I'm talking about, which is true all the time, by the way. Anyway, so I'm like questioning. Then I go to Kansas City, and I'm like, look, I gotta, I gotta know what I'm talking about. I drop hundred and fifty dollars on barbecue in like three or four days. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I drop like hundred and fifty bucks on barbecue in like three or four days. I hit Gates. I hit Arthur's. I hit. Uh, I had multiple Z-Man sandwiches. But dude, the, and I gotta, I gotta. You said burnt ends from Gates. Is that what you oh, said? Oh yeah, the goat. Extra okay, hot that's sauce. That's what I should have done. But I'll tell you this. I had burnt ends from Q39 mm. and I wanted to like, I mean, I did. I went back to my room and I just basted myself in all of the sauce that like, I can't describe it fully. It was like, it was like the ghost scene where Patrick Swayze wraps his arms around her and they're doing that pottery scene together and it gets real <laughs> like inappropriate, messy. Anyway, I, I like I need to come more often, get get more educated, whatever. And but see my dumbass. Come on. Well, I know I've I've been converted, but I gotta say that it was it was amazing. I mean, the Z Man from Joe's. I don't know. I don't even know what to pick. I don't even know what the question was in the first place because now I'm just picturing myself based covered in in yeah. Patrick says I'm simultaneously grossed out and hungry, and that's so true. Kyle, I want to say this. I see you, Kyle. Elsie's has slept on. Elsie's has always slept on. So good. <laughs> Uh, Brobex, 
Brobex is maybe the most slept on barbecue restaurant in KC. Brobex is absolutely fire. They have the best ribs I have ever had. I've never had a bad meal there. You know how some barbecue restaurants, you get ribs and not necessarily their fault, but they'll be a little fatty. They won't be great. Never had that at Brobex. I've gotten so many there. I'm always impressed. Why don't you, why aren't you asking me, why aren't you inviting me out to these? You don't come to KC. Well, I mean, I will. I'm coming. Come chill, dude. We'll, we'll come yeah, kick right. it. On the way. Uh, well, hey, we're we going to ball out like a bad serve. Come on. <laughs> hey, before we go, just want to remind everyone, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. Also, check out the membership. You're going you're gonna to love what we have coming up for you um, this offseason. Again, Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen will not only be here on Thursday with the new broadcast, but they also talked to Gracie Hunt, daughter of Clark Hunt, about her work with the Special Olympics, some behind-the-scenes chief stuff. We will be back, Sterling, me and you, will be back in the backfield with Clyde Edwards-Elaire on Friday, and we'll have that for you as well. And members get early access to both. Who wants to wait? You don't want to wait. Um, but before we go, just want to say this, Sterling, do you, uh, like, Super Bowls this Sunday. Let's hear your prediction. And do you have anything else to say with regards to Super Bowl week and the Chiefs not being there? Rams by a thousand. OBJ is going to absolutely feast. Matt Stafford, 330 plus yards. Cam uh-huh. Akers, don't fumble the fucking football. <laughs> <laughs> No, and Aaron Donald, my goodness, that offensive line of the Bengals, Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, oh my, Leonard Floyd, uh, uh, I almost feel bad for Joe Burrow. I almost, almost feel bad for Joe Burrow, but then Eli Apple had to go and talk. Eli Apple's going to get absolutely torched this game, and I cannot wait. Oh, man. I I actually love Burrow. I love his glasses. I love the whole thing, but Eli Apple, it takes one bad apple. That's all it takes. (laughs) Rams by a thousand. That's going to be it for us, everyone. My name is Matt Connor. You can find me at Matt Connor AA. You don't want to. Don't worry about it. Sterling Holmes at Homestretch KC. Sterling, you want to bring us out of here? Guys, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We really, truly do appreciate it. We could not be here or do this without your guys' support. Everyone in Discord, I've... I'm glad I've started to actually comment more in there because it's really fun getting to know all you guys. But we're out of here. Take a listen. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll we'll talk to you guys soon. Crunchy beef. See you guys. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.